Hi, folks. Uh, just a warning that our interview today talks about, well, processing meat. And so that may be triggery to some people, just saying. Uh, also, it is worth noting this was recorded Tuesday night. And so, yeah, things have happened since. But contextually, that's that's what this episode is about. And that is just the first of several things I have to talk about. Uh, the next is that we live in a house with animals. The chickens are asleep. The dogs are fed. The cats are contrary, but they're cats. What do you expect? Uh, the kittens are growing at an enormous rate. It's disturbing. And finally, we do swear. A lot. Oh, yes. Frequently. And that's pretty much it, really, for warnings this week. Welcome to episode 181. It is 2021. This is the first episode of the calendar year. I'm really excited about our guest, a longtime friend of mine. Uh, so, yeah, I, I cannot wait to share this one with you. I really, really do. It's, it's going to be exciting. Um, so after several days off, I have been working on my annual series for opensource.com. I have eight out of 21 articles written, and I'm trying to get them uh, a little further in advance than I have in prior years. And so far, it's working out really well. My editors like my content. That's good. Uh, my quote-unquote day job is starting off a little slowly, but everybody's kind of getting back into the groove after their holiday vacations and things like that. We had a lot of people who took their extra time because they didn't do anything over the summer or whatever to just take a break oh, yeah, over yeah. the holiday, which is kind of nice, uh, especially manager types. Did it a lot, and I think the, because the manager types are almost as bad as the rest of us about not taking time off. We're terrible at it. We really are. Uh, the uh, biggest thing I've noticed about this past year and not being able to travel and not having a con season is that you I have, haven't taken shit time off. I haven't taken, no, not, not at all. It, mostly like shut it down days or make it or make up days for being on call over a weekend. Uh, not my usual. Well, it's, you know, I'm going to go spend three days in, I don't know, Albuquerque or, uh, five days in Pittsburgh. Five days in Pittsburgh. Yes. Yes. And thinking of Pittsburgh, there was a brouhaha on the internet yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of them. Well, yes. Uh, in, in particular, there was some discussion that why is um, one very large convention that we attend opening up registration when they don't even know if they have a convention yet. If they can. By July, and I was reading some commentary that's this is all legal, right? If they owe the hotel money, if they don't get hit certain milestones and certain things, and it could ruin them. Yeah. But that, and that is completely separate from whether or not we get to June and the event organizers say, oh God, we, you know, we can't do this. Or the hotel says, we are not comfortable having 7,000 people show up. Right. It's, uh, yeah. I think that, um, 
while I certainly raised an eyebrow to see it, they were very clear that uh, there is, you know, we will get closer to the time and assess mm -hmm. if people are vaccinated or what's going on. And if not, we'll have a virtual convention. And I mean, yeah, that's that's. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very unlikely we'll have a, con a convention in mm -hmm. person. It yeah. seems uh, absurd, but you know that's uh, that's six months away. So, uh, but the, having organized one event, a very small one, yeah, on the same scale, and looking at the hotel contract, yeah, there's a if you are found in breach of this contract and cannot do it, you owe us all the money. Right. So there so, is yeah. a certain element of. We are we are engaging in theater, right? To right. Uh, make it look like we are attempting to comply with the knowledge that we may not be able to comply, and we're doing this so that our asses are covered. Which, and, and this... I hate that the situation is like that, but I understand why hotels have to cover their ass while also hating that the situation is like that. Yeah. And so I just want to go and say, you know, be understanding for the convention organizers who are like all gung-ho, yes, we're accepting registrations and the hotel block is open and no, we don't know, but, you know, they, they have to make, they have to go through all the motions as if, otherwise they can be found in breach of contract now, even though the event isn't until July, and owe the hotel a boatload of money. And... It's, uh, would the hotel want to do that with this event? Uh, it would be very unwise of them, but yes. certainly sometimes people do very unwise things. And so Yeah, yeah, and, and history is littered with people who have done unwise things. Indeed. So, yeah, that's, that's really been it, though. I mean, I've just been enjoying downtime. I, uh, yeah, I started writing again over the weekend. I figured. Yeah. yeah. Uh not quite as much, you know, 700 words, not a thousand, but although today uh I was working on my copy edits for a book only to learn from another editor that their edits for another book are landing tonight and I have this novella that has to be done not this coming Friday but next Friday. And uh <laughs> so yeah, uh Things got a little busy. I was having a discussion with my team lead today in our one-on-one -on -one, uh, about do you feel like, do I feel comfortable taking on more work? Do I have enough to do? Am I, and I have so many things that are sort of in a holding pattern right now that I'm like, no, I have plenty to do. My concern right now is you're going to give me something and I'm going to be halfway through it and everything else is just going to unstick. Yep. And it's all going to land at once, and I'm going to be behind the eight ball on all of this. And yeah. he was comfortable with that explanation. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I've been, uh, I have been working steadily on the novella in question. Mm -hmm. I think I can certainly finish it off in, uh, in, you know, what, oh, a yeah. week and a half. Um, if this is one of those things where, like, the brain juice, has to be there like I was kind of it was a slog yesterday because I know where point A is I mean I've written to point A and then there's a gap and I have to get to point B and I'm like great I have to get from A to B uh, I have no idea what goes here so it was actually kind of nice to work on uh, edits edits 
but yeah. Sorry, Orange was blapping. No. I have, I have, she has since tucked her tongue back in her mouth, but yeah. And yeah, but that's really been it for us. You know, low key, New Year's at home. Oh, yeah. Spending time with cats. You've been playing Borderlands 3 as a brain rest. Yep. And, and uh, the, the one thing is I've been feeling the weird itch of, uh, and I think part of this is, is the holidays and the holding pattern of I'm probably behind on something, but what? <laughs> and so it's kind of nice to have these things, but I'm, I'm definitely feeling a sort of waiting for shoe to drop. So I'm hoping the landing of these various edits uh, will feel enough like a shoe to kick my brain out of that. Right, right. Because it's, it's a kind of sort of freeform anxiety about work, I guess, that does not have a definite uh, source. And, and yours is always so uh, cyclical. You'll have these periods where it's like work, 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 work. Okay, now what do I do? Oh, no, edits, edits. I have three books due. Yeah. And so uh, in that cycle... I sometimes think you need to be really careful about starting new books or, or accepting more contracts because you feel like, oh, I don't have enough, and then you've got too much, and then you're going back to that that statement, right? The thing is that I start new books when I have the idea for a new book. That's true. And frequently I have like three other things on my plate, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just noodle around with this for a while. And I have had to sort of build that into my schedule because those are the books I sell later. Right. Don't chew on that, oh, Shaw. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's but buddy, buddy, you're you're getting trapped in the cords, you, buddy. Yeah, you. Keep, oh, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll come around. It's fine. No, I, he's he's loose. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The come here, little man. Like uh, this thing, uh, this novella I'm working on is a thing I started on a whim, you know, eight months ago, and wrote, eh, like twelve thousand words maybe, which is you know. Not a lot, essentially. I had enough that I knew who the characters were. I knew what was going on. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, anywhere near done. But right. it was just kind of an idea I had, and I wanted to get it out. And, you know, and probably it took me about a week, uh, all told. Maybe mm -hmm. not, you know, consecutive week, but day that I have the idea, I write 2,000 words or whatever, and then, you yeah, know, yeah, I have yeah, yeah. more idea and whatnot. And... Uh, or I'd work on another project, and then at the end of it, I'd be like, oh, I know a paragraph on that, and I'd go throw that down. And uh, this is, you know, part of how I write. I do not focus on any one thing extensively, so I, when the time came that, you know, a publisher was like, do you have anything you might like? I was like, I got this thing. And they were like, yes, we'll buy that. Uh, and that's how it goes. I frequently sell books that I start just because I have a random idea. I don't like write a proposal and then sell book. I write, I start the book and then I write a proposal based on what I have or whatever. Uh, Sorry, there are toe beans. Yes, Kevin is and cuddling Shaw upside down. The fact that I'm down. not squeeing into the microphone has been a great big, oh, 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 we're being fierce. We're going to gnaw on my knuckle. Okay, you're done now. Yes. <laughs> uh. So, <laughs> and maybe part of the problem I'm having is I have to be head down working on this novella and not on other things while I know I'm going to have, like, two other books due soon and 
my brain is like, okay, but you're focusing on this thing. We need to go work on something else. Right, right. And uh, which, I mean, I totally would like to go work on something else, but also it's due Friday after next. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's also so close to the end and novellas are short and there's always that point where a switch will flip. I know what happens. I write the rest of the thing, you know, and maybe that'll happen Wednesday and it'll be done. And I'll be like, oh, great. Now I have two weeks to work on something else. So, <laughs> at, at least, you know, you've, you've got sort of like a little bit of that plan. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like it's... The system I have works great for me. I've published like 40 books with it, and uh, I have no no complaints about it. It's just that every now and again I get this weird free-floating anxiety that I'm forgetting something or something is, or I'm not going to get this thing done on time, and yeah. Yeah. It may be knowing that I have five months to write the next novel that I have barely started. And five months is like, I mean, depending on who you ask, plenty of time for a novel or are you out of your mind? And I truly don't know which one it is because I didn't start this one with a, I have a thing half done. Right. I started this with a proposal, which is, like I said, very unusual. It was an unusual phone call. Uh, it was all very complicated. Uh, this the, the the frog the one with the frog researcher is on hold, and I'm writing out this one instead. Shaw, I love you, but don't climb my leg. <laughs> and but I had already started the frog researcher one, and it's not a problem. It'll get published eventually, if not you know immediately. But now I have to like make up a book that is sort of like the thing I told them it would be. That's and, always, yeah. And that's unsettling for me because I'm like, what if that's not what the book is like? There's only one way to find out. That's to write Pretty it. much. Yeah, 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 sweetie. Shaw Shaw really is interested in my microphone. So maybe we should go talk to we, your Yeah, interview. we're going to go talk to Ellen. Um, I don't know if you, you met uh, Ellen Blade D.I. Um, I, I, I don't know, but you should probably switch soon before a kitten yeah, eats no, my um, microphone. So uh, my friend Ellen, fellow member of the Dorsai Irregulars, uh, Canadian, had some, like, spoke to me about this fascinating process she uses. And so I was immediately like, oh, we have to talk about that. And so we did. And I'll share that with you right after this. today with my dear friend Blade, and uh, Blade has graciously agreed to talk to us about her process today. And so, Blade, can you do a significantly better introduction than I did and uh, tell us about what it is you do? Sure, I can try. Hi, my name is Ellen McMicking, although some people call me Blade. It's a handle from volunteering at science fiction conventions. 
I'm Canadian. I work in an office. I'm that coworker who has tons of sticky notes all over their cubicle. I love camping and canoeing. I keep telling myself I'm going to do more landscape painting and more short story writing. And I have evil plans to start my own YouTube channel. Oh, and, and I'm also owned by a colony of rescue Siamese cats. Uh, Siamese specific. Siamese specific because I'm allergic to everything else. Oh. For some reason, I don't react to Siamese. That's uh, usually usually I hear that about um, like uh, the sphinxes, uh, the the little sort of hairless goblin cats. But I've, I've never. I love those. I love those the sphinx, but they're very rare in this area. In spite uh. of being Canadian hairless cats, they're not much found where there's snow on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the stories about having to put them in like sweaters. Because they don't knit, have, have heavy fur. Knitting a little sweater for your cat, yes. <laughs> uh, so, all right, I heard post-it notes, I heard office. How do you keep yourself organized? Well, day-to-day, um, -day I've been keeping an electronic document, which is a sort of a combination of a to-do list, a diary, and an agenda. The first one was entitled Blade's Job Jar 2009. <laughs> and I got through that year in 11 pages. Some of the pages were just August, paid the rent, check. You know, yeah. <laughs> Blade's Job Jar 2020 hit, uh, or probably will hit by the end of the month, 200 pages. It's been a busy year, but it's also wow. evolved from that first version to encompass a lot more things. Yeah. Um, and even wow. with that sort of day-to-day -day organization, mm -hmm. I find that things do pile up. That's why culturally we have such a thing as spring cleaning. Uh, back in that first 2009 job jar, I noted, divide all things into five piles. One, treasures and necessities. Two, gifts. Three, donations. Four, right. recycling. Five garbage. The only, only the first pile may be kept. Oh. Over the years, you know, this has evolved into what I call the seven piles method. I've broken down that keep these things pile into three distinct separate piles: treasures, necessities, and you should file this. And okay. uh, as a as a pack rat with tiny house aspirations. This helps me keep on top of stuff with a capital S. After high school, for example, I moved to Toronto with a single suitcase, and 12 years later, I left Toronto with a 16-foot cube van. Okay. I also I try to keep in mind over time that treasures can become gifts. I don't I don't really love that anymore. It can go to so and so for their birthday. Right. Necessities can become donations to charity. File this can become confidential waste recycling. Mm -hmm. So it it evolves over time with the understanding that everything changes, including what my priorities are. And so, so this is where it gets kind of kind of interesting on this. So you're using uh, a document for that. I have to ask, what format is it in? <laughs> Well, if I'm keeping it on the computer itself, it's it's in Word or WordPad. 
It it's, doesn't need to be fancy. At the moment, I hope I'm not admitting a great gap in security. I'm keeping it in Google Docs so that I can access it from everywhere. It, um, it means that I can add color, I can sort, I can, you know, all those normal things you do with a word processing yeah, yeah. program. And then download them and and remove them from the net after they're too old. But it means I can go back and search previous years. When was the last time I did whatever? When was the last time I saw so-and-so? Yeah. Yeah. And and so I guess this is a living document that is is constantly being updated. Are you adding things to the end? Do you add to the beginning? Do you move things around? I'm really curious about this. It's a little bit of everything. Um, it's, uh, well, actually, I, I sort of covered that under <laughs> one of your other questions oh, when well, I was we'll thinking there, about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a matter of if I, if I have something to do today, if I look at today's list, you and this interview are a hard and fast deadline. It's got a time attached. It's an appointment. Therefore, it takes priority. Anything else, like it would be nice to bake cookies, that gets shuffled after, or it might go to tomorrow. Right. You know, it it um, it balances. There are different uh, different criteria that decide how important a particular thing is, and those go first. And because it's an evergreen document. Mm -hmm. As, as the buzzword goes, things can go earlier if I've got time, later if I don't, as long as I'm hitting those, those important things or reschedule them. Right. And so is it, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea of just how the document is structured. Is it, I, um, do you have like a template now when, January 1st rolls around, well, it's time for a new document, and here's a blank one with, like, sections set up or tables, or I'm, this is, this is Okay. The, the way, the way it works, the way it's evolved with me is that I will, I will start out laying out, say, the first two weeks of January, sometime later this month. Anything that's coming up in the way of Doctor's appointments, veterinary appointments, meetings, what have you, goes on those specific days in mm -hmm. bullet form. If I need a phone number or to remember something during a meeting, it goes in there under the, the actual mention of the, the meeting or the event. Mm -hmm. um, I will also, normally I would sit down towards oh, the middle of December and start laying things out. The big thing is going to my favorite online sites and checking what's happening with the phases of the moon, what meteor showers are coming, oh, yeah. any eclipses, because I like, I like posting those on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I like taking note of them myself, even though celestial phenomena call, cause cloud cover in this area. It, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I like to know that, you know, even though it was completely socked in and snowing last night, there was 
a lunar eclipse that I missed. Oops. It was cloudy here, so we missed it too. Don't worry. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, that sort of thing takes a little bit of time to do. I like to note what the, the different full moons are called in different traditions. I like to note a little bit of the the history of the discovery of whatever. Mm-hmm. If I've got a holiday coming up, that would definitely be slotted in there. Friends' birthdays, things like that, so that it's it's um, as I said, it's an agenda, a to do list, and a diary because it it remains afterwards with what I did do, accomplish, right. um, get to, whatever. So yeah, it also keeps like a to-done list. Yes, yeah. I don't think I've heard it coined that way before, but it works that way. Yes. Yeah, that that's um, that was. I don't remember where I first heard it, but it's basically I don't feel like I accomplished anything, and then you sit down at the end of the day and you list the things you did, and it's like oh, and so there's your to-done list, um, sort of as a reminder that you didn't waste your time. Yeah. yeah. And Ursula uses the same thing for her daily word counts. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I this is going to sound really strange, but you basically in 2009 invented or started inventing what is now basically the uh, the bullet journal method of paper planning. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I've I've tried to get my head around what other people call bullet journaling, and I'm not sure how on earth it can work tidily on paper because you have to keep moving things and rewriting them. Uh, It's so easy with copy and paste on a computer program. Yeah. I I think one of the things people like about it is that, like, conscious effort, okay, I have a thing, I haven't done it, I need to push it to the next list. Do I really need to do it? Sort of like a built-in review. Right, right, and a reminder. Mm -hmm. I I know I do get things... uh, duplicate or triplicate in my list, and then as I'm reviewing them, I'll weed them out or munge them together. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, as with many, like, named and official, and I'm waving my hands in the air, you can't see that. but uh, I'm doing it too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but with all of the formal systems, um, you know, the review is such an important part of it, and it's... Uh, you've really kind of had to integrate it in because you have this living document. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it does help to read down through what's to come mm-hmm. over the next few days or the, I need to do these eventually. And I will say to myself, oh, look, I accomplished that as part of that. Let's move it up there and cross it off. Right. So it it becomes a little bit I'm really hoping I don't end up the year this year with three or four pages worth of, you meant to do these, where are you doing them next year? But uh, Yeah, yeah. I I already have that list of, we were supposed to go to these events, and now we're rescheduling for 2021 and 2022. Oh, yes. All the guest appearances. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would, uh, I, I... I'm more on the the working end of those. Oops, I didn't work 
this, that, and the other thing this mm-hmm. year, the volunteer rather at yep. these conventions. Um, you know, are they happening next year? What's the deal? When are they being put off to? Is it another year? Will it not be 20 until 2022 or will we get them done in 2021? It's the, it adds a, another layer of challenge. Yeah. I had actually aspired to get to more events to, to work. Uh, um, by the way, folks, I, I don't know if I mentioned this. I probably forgot, but both of us are members of the Dorsai Regulars. Um, so I meant to get to more contracts to work this year, and that just got, you know, completely smashed um, mm-hmm. with the with the current events. So, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> wow, I'm I am in awe. This is really cool. This is just. Uh, and and feeds right sort of into because because now we've got the overlap right because um, I I am just fascinated by how you do this but we've also really started to dig into the into the question of what systems and habits are important to you and mm-hmm. as as well as some of the tooling I mean you're just doing it in a word processor that's brilliant yeah. you're not the first person to have done that but I think right now. Of all the people I've talked to, you're possibly one of the few who's still doing it that way and hasn't gone to a specialized tool or or something else. I am I am in awe. Absolutely. <laughs> Why reinvent the wheel if I've got something that works for me and I can change it as I please? Oh, absolutely. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and keep what works for you and throw out the rest. Those two things I yeah. say a lot. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and um, you mentioned systems and habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to go off on a tangent on this. Oh, hit me. Yeah, about 2008, when, you know, all these processes started for me, just coincidentally, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. I read a book called Style Statement, Live by Your Own Design by Carrie McCarthy and Danielle Laporte. In a nutshell, the book is a series of questions, meditations, and exercises that help the reader to choose two words that help define the spirit, look, and feel of their life, unquote. Uh, You come up with your own unique style statement as a sort of a compass that's intended to help make you more confident in your choices about everything, wardrobe, relationships, decor, uh, career plans, whatever. The first word represents your foundation, which should be 80% of your focus. And the second word represents the other 20%, and it's what motivates and distinguishes you. And I worked through this book, you know, years ago, um, and arrived at my own style statement, which is practical whimsy. (laughs) And it helps me remember the balance that I need. Um, Mostly I want to focus on the practical, the logical, getting things accomplished. Then I can indulge in my whimsy, doing things like random walking through the Internet. Mm -hmm. If the whimsy comes first, it takes over and nothing else gets done. So it's a a work-life balance thing that that has come out of playing with that, that particular book. Now I have something else to add to my to-read pile. And uh, <laughs> for the people at home, I will be linking this in the show notes. So don't worry. I'll find it for you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm not connected with them in any way, but I found it was a, a fascinating 
mental exercise to come up with going through these various uh, things that they've they've ad advised. And, and I think the interesting thing, at least conceptually, having not read the book yet, but conceptually, is that it makes it very personal. Uh, many of the systems like, uh, you know, the Franklin Covey Seven Habits system or David Allen's Getting Things Done has a very one-size-fits-all kind of attitude. Yep. And this one immediately zones on to the, you, you know, the idea of make it fit you. Don't fit yourself to the system. Mm -hmm. Start You start at the very beginning from the sounds of this, tailoring it specifically to you. And I think that's pretty important. Yes. Yeah, and it may not it may not do it may not do exactly the same things for everyone, but it's it's something that has helped me focus on. I do that. I should be doing that. Let's get it in balance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. It's sort of. It's it's sort of a, um, a a stylish this world version of the um, what is it the the seventy maxims for highly effective mercenaries. Yes, which is actually a a riff on the seven habits of highly effective people, and they yes. called it the seven habits right up until Franklin Covey uh, sued them. <laughs> um, yeah, I talked to Howard about that, and uh, yeah, no, well, I actually, I will, we will. And we will loop back to Schlock Mercenary and Howard later, for sure. Um, well, you need to link him as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, um, he was, was, was Howard our, I think either Howard or Sandra was our, our opener for 2020. Oh, very um, good. And appropriate. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, um, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, one of those adjacent things, I, you know, talked to Howard on, Kind of on the regular, at least on the socials. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's all that. Oh, wow. Um, and now, I think I started talking with him because of Ellen Foxworthy. <laughs> yes. It's a great Red-headed mercenary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 great character. Uh, all I, I really like all of the characters actually in Schlock. It's it's one of my favorite web comics, and uh, I I really liked the way he put the ending together, uh, and also uh, the discussion about his process and you know what his week looks like and things. Uh, absolutely fascinating because you can kind mm -hmm. of get a taste for it on like his his posts to the social media stuff, but there's a lot more going on. Oh, always, yeah. yeah. It's it's the uh, the duck sailing mm -hmm. by on the water, and you if you can't see the feet going like spit under the surface, then they're doing it right. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, what other what other um, habits are important? And I know we're going to get to the what does a typical day look like. So. <laughs> If, or, or, you know, what, how do you choose the first thing, uh, the, what you're going to do first? And so if this, that all sort of blends into the same question, great. We'll work, we'll roll with that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, as I was saying earlier, things with deadlines come first. Mm -hmm. Things that have a particular time stamp on them. Things that 
need to be done. I mean, they're called deadlines for a reason. It's it's something you need to do or the project is dead in the water. Right. If something that includes other people like doctor's appointments, bad appointments, telephone meetings, things like that, you have to take into consideration that there are other people involved and fulfill those requirements. The the next stuff that comes in is the what I refer to as if-then items. <laughs> if I get this done, then I'm able to do that. For example, making a point of researching, locating, and ordering a part before trying to make something with that part. That's a, a fairly obvious one. Sometimes it's less obvious than that. Like, um, I can't rearrange that bookshelf until I sort these books. Right. You know. I'm, there's it's, also that fun bit where you find that dependency halfway through doing the task. So Yes, yes. I, I like to overthink things. Uh, everybody tells me I'm overthinking, but what I'm doing is going through the the steps in my head before I do them physically <laughs> to see if there's something that suddenly occurs to me, like I don't have that screwdriver. Right. Yeah, I, you must love IKEA instruction manuals then. They're great for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You must have these, this many of these, this many of those, and that many of that, and here's the tool. Mm-hmm. The problem the problem I have is that if you if you hand me that and say, here are the bits, build it, I need to see the end result first. Right. And it's it's no good to lead me through to the big reveal of look what you built. It's why am I doing this? Why does this go here? Why can't this go someplace else? Why do I have to do that next? Oh, I'm building that. Let me start again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's hard. I at least um, I've taken up building Legos, like mm-hmm. expensive Lego models uh, recently, sort of as a as a mental, just like chill moment. Because I can put mm-hmm. on music and I can just follow the instructions and build Legos, and everything just all everything just leaks out of my head, and I don't think about anything but Legos and the song playing for the run. Uh, but if they didn't have that cover, that like photo of the finished product on the front page of the instruction set, some of the ways these things are put together, it's amazing. But I would be completely lost. I'm like, what the hell am I building? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, I I also mentally identify things that really ought to be done today or this week or this month or just eventually. It would be nice. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing really pressing among the deadlines or the if-then items, I can pick and choose among things that would be fun or that I feel like tackling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a nice day. I could clean the trunk of my car. Or it's blizzarding out. I could go through those photographs, you know, things yeah. like that. As I as I do things, I cross them off. As I think of things, I add them. If I don't get to something, I cut and paste it further down to another day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's 
I can't imagine doing what I do on paper. That's that's where the post-it notes come in. You can't have you can't have private uh, applications that work. So there are post-it notes all over my cubicle. And those, and 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 so there's there's an interesting thing. It, do they have their own like a, an equivalent seven piles? As it were, <laughs> or are they just sort of scattered? I am I am a scatterer. I will admit. Yeah. I do try to put the things I really ought to pay attention to somewhere around the monitor so I have more likelihood of seeing it. But then I have to move them every once in a while because they become part of the background. Right. And the nice thing about post-it notes, it, it goes back to the more old-fashioned bullet journal thing you cross off the things on the post-it notes and maybe move the last one or two things to a new post-it note. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it won't work for my entire year, but it works for smaller to-do lists at work. And uh, that is, like, I have a couple of different ways I deal with that, especially since, you know, like there is a system of record in my work that is basically a code repository. And so, you know, if it, if it isn't an issue in the repository, it kind of doesn't exist as far as the organization is concerned. So there are issues for all kinds of crazy things um, out there based on what people need. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, still have that rolling calendar. Um, mine's all digital with, you know, check marks for the tasks I need to do on a daily basis and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very similar. Yeah. Except I'm, I'm using spe specific, not specific, that's the wrong terms. I'm, I'm using um, purpose-built tools for that. And mm -hmm. I think the thing I find most fascinating about your system is that when you really started with it. And I've been working with these systems and different kinds of software experimenting for years. None of it existed. And so you invented it, basically. You invented a version of other things we're using now, but rather than shift to, a, like I said, rather than shift to you know a purpose-built system or whatever, you're just like, this works, let's roll. I, I'm floored, I'm still floored. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's still a it's still a copy paste thing. It's still searchable. It's still, um, you know, when when did I do whatever? I can still look back, and um, you know, oddly, if I can use if I can remember the term I was using at the time, or the name of the doctor, or whatever, right? I can I can locate them just by doing a a search in. Google Docs or a search in uh, in my files, right? Yeah, so it becomes a little easier. And that's really, I think, the power of something like Google Docs or uh, Microsoft Online or, or or these these cloud-based services with the integrated search engine is that. Um, unlike some of mine where I have to go back and find the paper planner or journal or whatever I was using in 2007 to find where I wrote down that piece of information that I thought I might need again, I just didn't realize it was going to be 13 years later. Um, uh, yes. You know, a lot harder to find than 
okay, it's tucked away somewhere, you know, it's tucked away in the, the, the Google Drive tree, and I can just go type in something and, and hopefully find it. Yes, yeah. It's, it's so much easier than trying to, uh, uh, trying to search through a library or yes. yeah. a, a file folder or a, a cabinet full of file folders. You yeah, know where I, it is, but you can't quite put your finger on it, and the, the, the search engine helps. As, as someone who works for a company that makes a search engine, not Google, um, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I really do. Um, mm. We can talk more about that later if you want. Um, oh, sure. Okay, so um, updates, uh, habits. Advice. Uh, yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, is there any, is there anything else in your daily, like in your daily routine or typical day would look like? Oh, you know, I I have a bad habit of falling into random walking through YouTube videos mm-hmm. or um, playing endless solitaire. <laughs> I sometimes I I need to. It's it's not so much wiping clean the slate as letting something simmer on the back burner. You you do other things and then uh, the connections get made in the back of your skull. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really the pandemic the everything that's going on. I don't currently have a typical day. Mm-hmm. Um, and often I, I, I find myself becoming downright nocturnal. Um, so I need to I need to change that at some point. But there are uh, it's if I happen to be awake and things occur to me that need to be done, or I have to get up for a particular thing, or you know, it's it's. There's so little structure in 2020 for me, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm fairly comfortable with that. Really, uh, I like the idea of uh, evergreen systems and random activities. And I hear uh, a dog. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I guess it's time for the. Um, traditional mid-interview dog is freaking out for some reason ah very good yeah uh, it doesn't look like anybody's pulling up in the driveway or anything it's probably just the neighbors or you know a deer um scraped its horn on a tree three miles away and is now going to kill (laughs) falling asleep if you find any random uh shed antlers I I don't know how I'd get them. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not I I'm not sure how the cross border works. I uh, plus we don't necessarily have shed antlers. Uh, we do have a white deer. We do. It looks like we have a couple albino deer on the one piece of property. Though. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. Um, so those those are to be protected. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The uh, the buck yearling that seems to hang out with them, all, though not so much. Mm. Um, Don't shoot the wrong gear. That's Dennison aside. That's that's Ursula's job. My job is is everything that happens after that. Her job is the yeah. 
Um, oh, I need to come down there and go hunting. <laughs> I, I, not that I've ever been, but I'm a damn good shot, and I think Ursula and I would have fun. I, I, I think so. It, uh, it, it wasn't something she had planned on learning, uh, and then 2016 happened, and uh. suddenly it became something like uh, more of a, you know, it would be a handy skill to have. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Handy skills, handy skills don't necessarily just limit themselves to crazy pandemic years. Right, right. And in our case, uh, it it worked really well because after I taught myself how to, uh, for lack of a better term, process. Venison. Mm -hmm. um, it turns out that those skills are applicable to a wide variety of proteins. Let me just write down in my content warning section, um, meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the one of Heinlein's uh, things uh, mm -hmm. criteria for a well-rounded human being is being able to butcher a hog. Yes. And um, I'm I'm very confident I can because I already know I can do deer, rabbits, chickens, quail. Um, those are the ones I've had I've done in the last like two years. Mm -hmm. And so. those it's it's all very similar. Mm -hmm. And a hog is just is also very similar. It's just got a whole like the fat structure is. Uh, on the like the shoulders with the shield fat for when the boars are challenging each other. It's a whole other bit of anatomy. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same anatomy, but it's a whole other kind of challenge. Um, that's where and, the cracklings come from, isn't it? Um, no, that's that's. I think that's where the leaf lard comes from. Ah, uh. cracklings are a little further towards the surface, as I recall. Mm -hmm. um, did you know you can get micro microwave your own cracklins now? Ooh, just, that sounds fascinating. You just pop it in like it's a bag of popcorn, and out come pork rinds. Wow! It's and it's delicious. It's amazing. Anyway. It's it's one of those it's one of those keto snacks. Uh, uh, yes, or something. I don't know. I saw I found them a couple of years ago, and I was like, "All right, I'll try it." And then the next thing I know, I was buying a twenty-four pack. So. Yeah. Yeah. Meat-based okay. potato chips. Anyway, yes. <laughs> Digression. Digression. It happens. It happens. It uh, does. So uh, you were actually starting to 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 move into the and and um, the Heinlein quote obviously kind of uh, kind of brings that right to the forefront. Um, what is the best advice you've been you've ever received or uh, would give someone else? Well, and and you've reminded me of that that quote from Uncle Robert, and I, I didn't even think of that one when I was when I was doing that up. That would be a handy thing to you know, add in the notes below. Um, yes. What I was thinking of, there were three different things that came to mind. Mm -hmm. First one uh, becomes easier with the perspective of age. Pick your battles. Don't obsess oh. about everything. It's not all that important. Um, there's a story which is apocryphal about mm -hmm. a professor who shows his students an empty glass 
and fills it with rocks. Is it now full? Yeah. Then he adds grains of rice. Is it full now? Well, yes. Then he adds sand right up to the brim. Mm -hmm. Is this now as full as it can get? Yes. And then he cracks open a beer and pours that in. <laughs> and now it's completely full. The, the lesson is if you try to put the sand in first, the rocks aren't going to fit. The moral, of course, is to make sure that you consider the big important things, then other necessities, then the good stuff to get done, and you can still have room for a beer with friends. I actually uh, know at least one potential origin for that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that is literally, with the exception of the beer, because I think he was Mormon, um, that is literally a demonstration that Frank, uh, that um, uh, Covey, Don Covey, would do at his Seven Habits seminars to illustrate to people about time management. There's a whole... Um, ah, there, yeah, and so there's a very common term I've been hearing more of, even though I came across it, I think, the first time. It's been almost 20 years now. But big rocks, as, as in, you know, put the big rocks first, and then everything else will fill in around them. Because if you right. try to do everything else, the big rocks are on top and never get done. And the important thing is to determine what the big rocks are in your life. Yes. Is it, is it your work? Is it your family? Is it making sure that the rent gets paid? You know, the yep. big rocks change throughout your life and depending on who you are and what's important to you. But get the big rocks in first. I think the uh, the there's always room for a beer at the end may be a very specifically Canadian thing. Ah, okay. Well, because <laughs> the, the liquid will heard. fit. <laughs> the liquid will fit between the grains of sand. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. The second thing mm-hmm. is a quotation from Ellis Peters, who wrote the the Brother Cadfile mysteries. Oh yes, yes. In Brother Cadfile's Penance, Cadfile says, "You do what you must do, and pay for it." So in the end, all things are simple. Now, to me, that means you take responsibility for yourself, for your agenda, placing your own priorities and judgments and needs into your organization, and you do it with an, with open eyes. And if you're doing something that will cause trouble to you later, you acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. If you choose to do something and it affects what else you can do in that time frame, Uh, If you choose not to paint the fence today because you chose instead to have coffee with a friend who needed a shoulder to cry on, you own your choice and work with and around it. Blaming your friend that your fence isn't painted is just being a jerk. Oh, yeah, no kidding. No, I didn't get the fence painted because, you know, the neighbor across the street had a problem. No, You could have ignored that problem. You could have called somebody else. You could have waited for something else to happen and done your fence. Don't blame the fence on the neighbor. Right. But on the other hand, you know, by choosing the fence over your neighbor, you're probably not a very good neighbor. No, no. But if if that fence was something that absolutely drop dead had to be done, Mm -hmm. then you either arrange it or you do it, but you own your choice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the third thing that I thought of mm-hmm. was 
uh, it refers to, you know, making movies, TV shows, videos. Don't compare your daily rushes to someone else's highlight reel. When you see that person you admire doing something that you want to do and making it look perfect and effortless, how long have they been doing it? What challenges and failures can't you see? Everyone has them, and the successful people work past them. But you, it's not fair to you in learning or doing anything to compare yourself with what someone important mm-hmm. chooses to show the world. You know, it's, it's interesting. I've been, I fell down a YouTube hole a couple of days ago and discovered some new bands. And I'm always looking for, for new bands to listen to or whatever. And uh, I joined the Discord uh, for one of the artists. And one of the things that she was saying um, in the discussion was, you know, um, when you listen to the playback, make sure you have, you know, the the post-process, the compression, the whatever turned on. Um, <clears throat> you know, you can listen to it raw, but it... it if you want to see what it's really going to sound like, what you really sound like, make sure you have those things turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it'll give you a lot more confidence because if all you hear is that sort of raw, you've got maybe some of the room noise in the background or, or maybe uh, you haven't, you know, maybe there's some stuff that happens in the audio processing. And there is, believe me, there is that oh, yeah. smooths out the rough points or whatever. Um, you know, when you hear that, that semi-finished product, it, it will really, it, it's a confidence boost because then mm. you know what you're doing right. Yeah, and the chance to edit a little and take out the, the awkward pauses or the ums and ahs or the coughs or the dog barking or whatever. <laughs> yes, um, although I will say that our listeners are very used to the dogs barking at this point. So, I, I'm rather surprised that the cats haven't, uh, been lobbying to come into the room while I've been on this call. So, uh, <laughs> well, now you've yeah. done it. It's, yeah, I've I've jinxed it completely. <laughs> anyway, those three things, just to to sum up, um, boiling boiling down what I was talking about: uh, pick your battles, prioritize, take responsibility for your own priorities. Don't be a jerk. And keep working past your challenges because it will become easier. Yes, absolutely. All right. Are you ready for the last two? Sure. Okay. So um, I've started calling it this because a couple other people started calling it this. Uh, First, we will have what is generally regarded as the sad but easy question. Uh Uh-huh. This is where we loop back to the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Maxim 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, failure is not an option. It's mandatory. The option is whether or not to let failure be the last thing you do. So, yes. how do you deal with failure or missing a goal? Ah, uh, well, acknowledging that very few people can do it all perfectly the first time. And if you think they can, you're likely not seeing everything. Any failure is something to learn from. Did I miss a goal because I didn't budget enough time? Did I forget an important if-then item? Did I not write something down I should have? Did I put something else first instead? 
not kicking yourself, not making it a guilt trip, is part of owning your decisions and priorities and understanding that we're all still learning. Acknowledgement of what happened and then using it to improve the next time. It's, it's as, as modern office twee as it sounds, <laughs> it's not a failure, it's a learning opportunity. Yes. And it's hard to get to that mindset. It is. It is. It's, um, I remember trying the violin once upon a time. And I, I should have known better. I picked it up. It was, it was at, it was at a, um, I think it was at an Ohio Valley Folk Fest. Mm-hmm. And someone had their, their violin and they said, here, you want to have a try? And I picked it up and I held it rather like Sherlock Holmes and yes. I drew the bow across the strings and it was melodic. It was perfect. It was beautiful. And everyone was in awe. I'd never touched it before. I put it down. A little later, I tried again and it screeched. <laughs> I should have left it well enough alone. <laughs> But one of my brothers played, plays the violin, and he is one who um, he has taught me that you can do lovely things if you keep at it. And mm-hmm. one, one accidental moment of serendipity shouldn't define whether you can do it or whether you can't. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize is uh, someone makes it look easy, and then you go and you pick, you try it, and it's absolutely terrible, and you're not good at it. And maybe you haven't taken into consideration that before the person did that, they spent hours practicing and learning <laughs> and doing things and in order to make it look that effortless. Yeah, and I I had a, a sort of a similar conversation with Larda Souza. Mm-hmm. Years ago, um, he's, uh, you know, looking for group and least I can do and those various web comics. Um, and at least, um, two illustrations for, um, our other, one of our other podcasts, the, the now finished hidden almanac. And, uh, I think he might be, I think I might be using one he did of me as a background on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Yep. And um, he said that many, many people asked him how he draws the way he does. And the people who just see him doing web comics don't realize that he's got a wild talent. He can look at any art style and imitate it. A couple of hundred years ago, he would have made a fortune as a forger. Oh, yeah. He's great. But he's he's been asked, you know, you make it look so effortless. How can I do that? And I believe his answer is something like, well, you pick up a pen and paper or pencil and paper and you draw for several hours every day for 30 years. And you'll get where I am. (laughs) And people don't don't understand or don't appreciate that background of hard work. No, no. They they see someone. 
Yeah, no, no, they because they'd have to have started thirty years ago. <laughs> or, or uh, we'll be at a convention and we'll be having one of those, you know, ask the artist's guest of honor question things, and someone will invariably ask Ursula, like, well, you know, how can I improve my my art? And her answer is, you sit down and you draw every day. If you know, if you need to be better at, um, you know, hands draw, sit there and draw your hand over and over and over again. Um, and no one likes that answer of practice and, you know, try other styles. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and somehow getting the the holding of the pencil and the manipulation of it into muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So that you can make that connection between your eye and your hand. Yeah. And and we give, I, I will admit that both Ursula and I will give Lar a fair amount of, of, of uh, oh, a fair amount of shit just for, for like, we'll say, here's an idea and Lar will be there five minutes later with like, yeah, that was a really good drawing prompt. Here you go. And we're just like, you're a <laughs> wizard. You're a yeah. black magician. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. He, he is to, um, to cartooning, to, to art, sort of like um, Tom Smith is to filking. Yeah. The idea is presented to them and they, they produce a picture or music or whatever that that is suitable almost immediately but it's part talent and part hard work and part part sweat yes oh yeah uh, and i think um and and howard has done the same thing howard taylor has done the mm -hmm. same thing in that he has practiced his craft he has has worked at it not just to produce like the strip, but there's a whole other skill set I don't think people realize often into kind of planning out common sketches. Because mm -hmm. everybody wants, like, uh, you know, uh, like in uh, when Ursula would be signing Digger, she'll, she would do a quick sketch of Digger or Danny Dragon or something in the books when she was signing. And <clears throat> there's actually a skill in knowing, in, in, designing sort of a I can quick sketch this character and I've watched Howard do it based on some some pretty quick descriptions and because um, he would do I think it's in the back of the XDM because that's where mine is um, the extreme dungeon master guide mm -hmm. um, he will draw quote your character and since I'm the GM I don't necessarily have a character but I gave him sort of a quick um, you know description of one of the main NPCs of the campaign I was running at the time and like two minutes while I'm talking to him, he's got it down because he's already, he's pre-planned and he's practiced and he's, he's broken out like those certain set of shapes and the drawing uh, in advance, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's uh, a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into the ability to do a two minute sketch at a convention. Yeah. Yeah. And you you do a lot of that pre-planning, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure. And then after a while, you've got this library of pre-planned two-minute sketches in your head. And you can just pull them out and make a few little changes. But there were hundreds of learning opportunities to get there. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I find that the, the older I get, the less I'm likely to put up with the guilt and the shame, mm-hmm. whether I impose them on myself or somebody else imposes them on me. It's, it's not useful. It's not helpful. And why give it headspace? Yes. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm starting to notice there is a difference when I'm talking to people between younger people and older people along those lines, because um, those of us who have, have crossed certain age barriers are more likely to be like, I use it as an opportunity to learn and not melt down completely. Um, although I have talked to, you know, I, I've, I've, I've talked to people who have both reactions on, on both ends of sort of that life journey. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, but in general, and I'm saying in general, and people are going to yell at me for making a generalization. Um, <laughs> th- those of us who have passed certain milestones. <laughs> it's not the years, it's the mileage. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> are more likely to say, you know what? I use it to learn. Yeah. Well, the, the older you get, the more mileage you get, more you can compare this mm-hmm. failure or success to these other things in the past. I did this better than that. I learned something there. Yep. I could have done it this way and I didn't. Mm-hmm. What did I learn new? You know, it, it, it sort of slides in like building with Legos. Yes. You build your separate bits and slot them together. And there was a key phrase in there that leads us right to our next question. Mm-hmm. And that was success. Ah. The other side of the failure coin um, and the happy but often difficult question, which is, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Ah. Which which is a more complicated question than it needs to be. <laughs> um, there's something very satisfying about crossing things off a list, whether you're doing it with a pencil or with um, a, a function of your your software. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just you know highlighting something or doing a strike through or whatever. For me, it's less. Look, I did the thing. Wow. And more, right, I got that done. What comes next? Uh, The diary aspect of what I work in Mm -hmm. softens the success-failure aspects of the document. It's, uh, this is what I did. This is when I did it. These are the logical progressions from it. It's more like life. Having said that, you know, there's nothing wrong with um, doing a mental victory lap or uh, deciding to do something, oh, let's say do something really fun out of out of your your to do list, your um, the things that don't have deadlines, the things that don't need to be done today, mm-hmm. but might be fun, like doing one of my payday beer reviews on Facebook or something like that, uh, finding something new and exciting and sharing it with people right? or 
baking a cake. Who knows? Or baking a cake. I, I have been astounded at the number of people who are like, I will let myself have some ice cream after I finish a book. Or <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, again, the mileage um, when you're able to kind of go over things and look over the successes and failures of the past. The, the celebrations tend to be a little more low key. You still do, but it's not like when you were 19 and finally passed that one test or, um, or in my case, you know, you were 17 and got your driver's license, right? Um, it's, it's much more of a, I did a thing and I can feel good about that. Yeah, yeah, and you perhaps realize when when it's not the the first wonderful thing you've ever done or mm-hmm. the first of its kind that you've accomplished, it may be more uh, it, it slots into the perspective of accomplishment rather than right. Let's go for a rave. Right. I don't I don't need to celebrate getting that job by going out and getting drunk. Uh, you, you know, yeah, it's, no. it's 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 perspective. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't miss the occasional, you know, go out and ruin have a few myself. with friends. Yeah, yeah, or hitting the dance floor at goth night, not that that's happening right now anyway. No, no. Well, there are a lot of things that aren't happening this yeah. year. But it takes a lot more advanced for. planning now. Yeah, yeah. And in a I'm way, we can, we can hold on to some of these successes mm-hmm. and celebrate them all together once we can get together again safely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or I can think of at least at least one wedding and one birth that I should probably celebrate at some point. <laughs> I have, um, I, I think I probably have a list of that. Most of it is just, there's going to be such a celebration of being able to physically be in the presence of, uh, people. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I take that for, uh, my Dorsai family as well, because we, we're used to spending time together. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more. And and yeah. certainly there there are yeah, there are a couple of weddings mm-hmm. and um one wake. Yes. And you know, hopefully no more knock on wood. But um there are a lot of things that we would normally mm-hmm. come together as a community. Yeah. To um, to support each other and to mark uh, in our own ritual fashions, if you will, that have to be put on hold for the safety of all right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And eventually, we're going to have one hell of a party. Oh, But yeah. how do we hold together everything until then? That's the trick. Yes. And, and I... Um as a person involved in you know multiple fandoms multiple communities it's been an interesting 
sort of adjustment. Um, and I, I, I haven't had a chance to really sit down and work out common themes yet. Um, mm-hmm. but I have been able to, you know, okay. Um, judging and looking for, you know, places to sort of shore up, um, when it doesn't look like, when it looks like somebody's in trouble or it looks like someone needs help in some of these communities, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little more difficult, um, than if you were going to see them on Tuesday and then again on Thursday because you run into each other at the coffee shop on the regular, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, but I think the adaptability of just in general, human beings has proven that even if we cannot get physically together, we can still support ourselves. And I think that is, and, and support each other. And I think that's been one of the most brilliant things to come out of this mm-hmm. horrible mess of this, yeah. you know, the last several months. I'll definitely agree there. I'm just terribly happy that if it was going to happen in my lifetime, that it happens when we've got this kind of connectivity, mm-hmm. that we've got ways of talking to people with or without a picture, ways of uh, sharing, this is what I baked, this is what I made, how are you doing, look, have a laugh, this is cute. Right. Things that allow us to to still have that community mm-hmm. even without the face-to-face connection yeah and the i i think it's there's a, a almost an entire study to be done in how this is going to get a little deep folks in how those same things changed between say the 1917 pandemic where we didn't have any of this technology mm-hmm. and the you know uh, uh, the 2020 pandemic when we did there's a there's there's a, a I think a story and a progression there that from a a standpoint of communication is fascinating but also from the standpoint of of human interaction and adaptability so okay that got deep for a minute <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that yeah yeah. That's everything. That's all the questions. Okay, if you uh, say so. <laughs> is is um, is there anything you want to share with our listeners? You can say no. Mm. It's okay. I I I can't think of anything in particular. There's a lot that there's a lot that boils up in any great conversation. Mm-hmm but not necessarily organized enough to to spit it out in a, a real question oh, that's, <laughs> or, that's, or statement. That's, that's absolutely fine. You know, we, repeat guests are, are always welcome. So well, um, if you think uh, about something later and you want to come back, no problem. I like the implication of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, where could we, uh, or, or no, I, let me back that up. Do you have a public presence you are comfortable sharing with uh, our listeners? No is also an acceptable well, answer. Not, not quite yet. As I okay. said, I'm, I've, I've got all these evil plans to start a, a YouTube channel or maybe even a blog. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and if so, if that 
gets off the ground this winter, knock on wood, cross my fingers, then maybe maybe that will lead to other things that you and I could discuss here. Sounds good. Um, anytime. Anytime thank you. at all. Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for inviting me to be part of this. No, no. Thank you so much for taking the time out um, to talk to us and to share. It's been absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you. I look forward to hearing it online. <laughs> and uh, and for the people at home, we will be right back after this. Of the kitten that was attempting to eat the microphone. Yes, and I have figured out what our word for this week is. But before I get to that, I really want to thank Blade for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, Blade's awesome, and I really enjoy talking to her and working with her and, and all that stuff. And uh, I'm very excited to be sharing this with the world. So, very grateful, very grateful. Our word this week is, in fact, Blade. It's easy, right? It's right there in front of me. No hemming, no hawing, no inside jokes. Go to productivityalchemy.com and enter Blade as the badge code to receive the badge for this week. And I've done some updates, and badges are working. They were a little iffy uh, until I managed to until I got an update in there. So uh, everybody's happy now. Badges are going out the way they're supposed to, and if they're not, I'm sure. Uh, several people will email me as they usually do. Um, you can find out more about badges on productivityalchemy.com, including a handy how-to uh, that may or may not still need updating. I can't remember. I should probably uh, do like an annual review on that. And uh, yeah, uh, so and the other things you can find on productivityalchemy.com are our back episodes, you can find links to subscribe, and you can find our support page. Yes, our support page. Sorry, (laughs) I was staring at Twitter. Let's be honest, my drugs have worn off. Uh, Yes, so you can go, you can find ways to support us. You can find ways to give us money, but as we keep saying, we don't need it. We're doing great. Uh, We would prefer you give to a charity, and this week's charity is that classic Meals on Wheels. Uh, I actually have a ongoing donation with them. Really? For I think uh, ten bucks a month or something. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. They uh, and I don't know how many of you have relatives living at home or uh, or not living at home, uh, elderly relatives living by themselves, things like that. These uh, these things really really make a huge difference for a lot of people, particularly given how many people are probably stuck at home now because of COVID who are elderly, who don't have, you know, their usual support networks. Right. Lots of people food insecure right now. Uh, for some people, this is basically the only hot meal and human contact they get. And I don't even know how much human contact they're getting, but, uh, yeah, no, no, my, my grandparents, uh, volunteered for them, uh, 
early on. That was my first uh, understanding of Meals on Wheels is my grandparents. Uh, and this was when my grandparents were, were significantly younger um, before they passed, like in their, their 60s and 70s when they could still drive and they could still, you know, still had the mobility. They would go out every week, uh, a couple times a week as part of the delivery on that to, to help their neighbors. And I greatly admire people who can do that. Yeah. Uh, that would be a lot of conversations for me. Kevin could probably do it, but I, if I weren't terrified of just leaving the house in general right now, well, the yeah, pandemic, yeah, yes. uh, that that will eventually go away, and we'll get you over the agoraphobia. Yeah, the, the agoraphobia since it's other people. Yeah. I can I can stand outside all day, but if there are strangers around, I start. To, I'm getting a little a little twitchy because so many so many stories. Yeah. So many stories. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Meals on Wheels. Uh, it is. It is still a a good thing. It helps a lot of people. Uh, they make it. I, I will give them a lot of credit as a charity for making it easy to give them money. It uh, as oh, yeah. I have ranted, I believe last week. Make it easy to give you money, Absolutely. people. That's all we ask. Absolutely, that's yeah. all we ask. So, yes. All right. That's it for this week. Uh, welcome to 2021, everyone. We're here too. We're here. We are cautiously optimistic with all of the seal everything down and don't you dare come near me if 2121 decides to be anywhere near as persnickety as 2020 was. This is uh, basically, you know, we, we have entered the room. The party has entered the room that we think is full of traps. For God's sake, nobody touch anything right. until we know what's going on. Kind of, yeah, we really are at that stage. Yeah. Um, One so. more fireball is going to take out the party. So just, just don't touch stuff. <laughs> Does that ever work with your party? It always works with me. I don't touch stuff. I meant your D&D party. Uh, it's always the rogue. The rogue always wants to push the button. And like, and they always think they're like cute, wanting to push the button. And I'm always like, if you touch that fucking button, I'll tear your arms off. Uh, only when I'm playing a paladin, I have to be more polite about it. One of these days, we should, we should have you run a rogue just to see what happens. On a muck long, long ago. Uh-oh. I, in fact, played a rogue who was uh, pretending to be a knight. I That was well, my right. cover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. Um, have a good week. Have a uh, safe start to 2021. And don't stress if you cannot be productive. Yeah, the whole you have to come back and immediately hit the ground running. You know, you you can hold off on that this year. That's fine. I hold off on it every year. Yes, but lots of people don't. That's fair. Yes. 